from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hey everybody, welcome to the newest edition of Talking Catholic. I am temporarily solo for a little bit as we are on a tight recording schedule and Mr. Sanchez is a bit tardy to the uh, podcast, but that's okay because for this edition, we have no guest. We have a fellow host with us. And our delightful good friend, Lori Powers, with us today. How are you? I'm great, Mike. Glad That's to be here. Fantastic. So we will not be... I mean, I guess we could talk saints today. <laughs> You'll get a lot less out of me than you would out of Pete, though, of okay. course. That's the only downside. Um, the uh, The other downside is, by the end of this, uh, Lori may be doing this podcast all by herself, because I am suffering one heck of a head cold. So I will not sound great. You are going to hear coughing in the background, but I will do my best not to sniff, uh, sniffle at the mic. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, so anyway, a couple of uh, big events coming up. Uh, most notably is, or not necessarily most notably, I think these are all of equal note to one degree or another. Um, but the one I was working on most recently is the 15th annual Justice for All dinner, which is on October 4th at Resorts Hotel in Atlantic City. Um, uh, Catholic Charity is going to be honoring Sister Norma Pimentel, the executive director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande, who has been, or the Rio Grande Valley, who has been doing amazing work working with um, immigrants coming across the board, the Texas-Mexico border at her respite center. Um, these are people who enter into um, uh, the uh, law federal law enforcement and are eventually uh, released from federal law enforcement. And they come to her respite center where she, they, she literally gives them a shower, some clothes, gives the parents some downtime from having spent so much time with their, their children. So there's, uh, there's uh, child care there. Um, and we've, over the course of the last six months, we've been sending down a lot of pilgrims who have been coming back just changed people after having, having been there. Um, so uh, we would invite you to come along to the 15th Annual Justice for All dinner. Uh, you can go to catholiccharitiescamden.org slash JFA18. JFA 2018 to uh, learn more about it, but I'll be there. Uh, our good friend and uh, and uh, former and future guest of the podcast, uh, Mary McCusker, will be there along with her boss, Mr. Hickey, and a number of the Camden or a uh, Catholic Charities people that uh, you've heard on the podcast before. So uh, definitely make sure you come out. Then uh, I'm trying to think. The, uh, well, the set, the same Padre Pio festival is this saturday so if you're listening to this right now or this sunday rather if you're listening to this right now uh we certainly encourage you to go down and see uh father sinatra and uh our good friends at their new was what was once a parish and now a parish shrine that uh that decree has just been uh, made by the bishop so it's now considered a shrine of the uh of the diocese of camden so that's going to be a full day that, that goes from uh, noon to 6, the same Padre Pio Festival. There'll be an Italian Mass at 2 p.m. and a, a opening Mass and procession at 11 a.m. Have you ever been there before, Lauren? I've been down to the to the now shrine, but I have not been to the festival. I so tell you. sounds good. I highly recommend it. The, wow. the food alone is worthwhile. It's worth the is, drive? Yes, okay. absolutely <laughs> worthwhile getting down there for the, for the food alone. Uh, and, of course, our beloved Father Sinatra, yes, whom, whom we, we all love a great deal, and we like to annoy him whenever we can. <clears throat> but not for this. We like to annoy him for other things. Um, and then we have Man Up South Jersey, 
which we've talked about uh, a few times in the past. We've had Deacon Anthony Seo on. Uh, that's going to be November 10th. You can learn more about that on at manupsouthjersey.com. It's specifically uh, for men from across the Diocese of Camden to gather uh, for a men's spirituality conference. This year's theme is about missionary discipleship, to be the man that God intended. Um, and this kind of conference really provides an opportunity for men to encounter Christ in a special way so that they can become better husbands, better fathers, better sons, better employees, better employers, just better men. Um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit that men oftentimes have a hard time publicly embracing their spirituality. It just sort of runs counter to the, to the world we live in right now. I don't know. But do you find that to be the case that uh, there are certainly very public that's true. Loving That's true. men, but as a percentage, it always seems to skew to More the female women. side. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you find in your travels? I do. I had a Bible study last night. There was about 20 people there and only two of them were men. So, yes, I'm <laughs> that curious. is the case. Do, have, are you, is there any psychology to it that you think gets in the way? Is it just men have a harder time grappling with their spirituality. I will say that this the, the greatest con- not the greatest conversations, but some of the loudest conversations <laughs> I've had about spirituality <laughs> have have been with other men, right. but that far outweighs the number of sports That's conversations true. I've See, had with other maybe men. Maybe there's a lot getting in the way, perhaps oh. work, you know, supporting families. If we so you're going s- to sporting events, maybe that's No, that, so we need to turn <laughs> Uh, the faith into a sporting event. There you go. All okay. Right. We need to think of it as God versus the devil. Yes. God is currently winning infinite to zero. Yes. Um, but you know, it's, you but never know what's going to happen. There's still a battle ha- that has to be still, fought. Exactly. We, we're right. st- we still have to be out there. I don't know. Uh, what Have you ever found in your, in your work that there were things that particularly that men gravitate to more than women when it comes to the, mm-hmm. the faith, like things that they respond to psychologically? That's a good question. Probably service type activities. So if you plan something that's going to require a little bit more strength or if you personally invite them, seek them out for, hey, we're doing this. Come to this. I've had luck with that. (laughs) That is a good point. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of I know in my own nights at Columbus Council, that's a lot. That's quite a bit what it's like it's true. um i'm sure that, that's how you became a knight right did someone invite you yeah to, well, yeah father as a matter of fact father robert sinatra <laughs> there was you the go one, was the one who invited me to become a knight um well he anyway he was the, he, many people have invited me to become a knight but no one had succeeded until him mm. and he just sort of put it in a way that really hit home to where i was i was like uh, why wouldn't i become a knight right. of course i should become a knight that's it's idiotic that i'm not a knight <laughs> i'm gonna go become a knight fantastic um so another thing I have to thank him for. But um, but yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I, I certainly know within my own Knights Council that the, the service projects, and those are the things that the guys really get excited I'm about for, yeah. um, as opposed to necessarily. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to, yeah, well, and not to, not to besmirch Bible study, which right, I, I mean, course. let's face it, if there's any element of my faith that I really need to focus on a little bit more, it might be the Bible. Um and my, my personal formation and my faith formation. But, uh, yeah, I really do think that that's something I, um, men need to consider beyond service. It's, it's one thing, okay, let's go out and do something in the world. Right. That's beautiful. Good works by all means. It's, a, it's the hallmark of our faith. But it's got to be good works with 
the good news. Right. right? Exactly. exactly. Why do that's, we do these good service uh, projects? That's my new job, Mike. Nice segue <laughs> there. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> Which, by the way, what is your new job? Um, well, let's see. My title is the Director of Evangelization and Discipleship down at Christ the Redeemer in ACO. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I got to get up in front of the whole parish and, and basically try to explain to them, like, what am I doing here? Because this is a new position for the um, parish. And it's relatively new in the diocese. Like I know Deacon Anthony Seo is doing something similar at his parish, but other than that, not too many people have a, a paid staff member in charge of this. So <laughs> I had to start with that. So fortunately we had a couple, I have a couple things starting already so I could talk to them about Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also doing something for um, four and five-year-olds, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which is very exciting. So really discipleship at every level. But ultimately what I started with was Um, why do we exist as a parish? We're here as a church, universal, and as a parish to evangelize. And if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? (laughs) Why why are we here, right? You know, it's funny to hear you say that because I I just recently at my home parish, not my current parish, but the the parish I was uh, brought up in at uh, St. Michael's in Clayton, um, I though at the time it was St. Catherine's in Clayton, uh, the... um, as part of my presentation related to Catholic Strong, I really hit home about the missionary discipleship yes. angle. You know, a lot of people get hung up. You know, we certainly understand that where Catholic Strong is concerned, it's it can be for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what Catholic Strong is. It's the development campaign for the parishes of the diocese, uh, seeking to raise fifty million dollars, seventy percent of which will go directly back to the individual parishes that uh, did the fundraising. Thirty percent of that money goes to the diocese to specifically work on ministries related to religious education, new service opportunities, specifically supporting uh, people struggling through the opioid addiction, uh, as well as ministries for autism, uh, and then evangelization, of which missionary discipleship is a major part of that. And, you know, as part of my presentation, I was like, okay, listen, our parishes where, you know, we know we've gone through the merger process, Mm -hmm. that was 10 years ago, our parishes have stabilized the um, everyone's doing fine financially by and large uh, but now it's time to move beyond stabilized now it's time to we have to begin moving out again yes. and bringing people back into the church and we know that there are struggles about that particularly <laughs> during this time of the thing which I will bring up yes. our last news item before we start into our own chit chat um, I hope you are aware uh, the bishop has uh, decided to hold an evening of prayer for the victims of abuse um, and reparation for the sins of the church. And he was very, very clear about the the, spe- the specificity of this, that um, as, a, um, as a community of Christ, we need to come together as being all parts of the one body of Christ, not just the clergy, not just the laity. All elements of, of those who are Catholic should come together and pray for the victims who have been abused um, by priests and church leaders uh, over the decades. And then, just as importantly, we need to show a penitential act of, of to make reparations for the sins of the church. There are certainly, as we know, there are going to be lots of legal aspects to this and policy changes and procedural changes. But we also need to embrace the spirituality of which we are part of our faith and he felt very strongly that it was important that he, 
lead this um, prayer service at which he's invited all clergy in the diocese to come to, uh, and and just as importantly, all laity from the diocese come to. Um, so there are going to be two. One there will be two days of of these prayer services. One with him at St. Agnes Church, part of Our Lady of Hope Parish, 701 Little Gloucester Road in Blackwood, and that'll be on September 28th at 7 p.m. And then on on October 5th, uh, knowing that not everybody is going to be able to make it to that one Mass, he's asked the deans, uh, there are five deaneries in the diocese. If you don't know what a deanery is, that's a region of the diocese. Uh, There's five deaneries, and he's asked those deans to come up with uh, local uh, masses f- in each of those regions. So there's actually going to be six because one of our dean, one of our deans is kind of weirdly shaped, or pretty far on two ends. So we're going to have one for a southern part of the dean and one for the northern northern part of the deanery. But uh, those will be at St. Joseph the Worker in Haddonfield, Church of the Incarnation in Mantua, Christ the Good Shepherd in Vineland, St. Andrew the Apostle in Gibbsboro. St. Catherine Drexel in Egg Harbor Township, and Our Lady Star of the Sea in Cape May. And those will all be on October 5th at 7 p.m. And they will be all be very similar services, again, uh, praying for the victims of abuse and reparation for the sins of the church. Because, you know, this is something that's very much on the forefront on a lot of people's minds. After I gave my presentations last weekend, I did have a lot of people come up to me and talk to me about it. And I've been happy to to have conversations with a lot of our priests who said, by and large, their parishioners have been very supportive, knowing that, you know, certainly in our region, the, the stories that, that came to light, um, which had been known, um, are from many years ago. Yes. And, and in the mid, mid, early to mid-90s, the diocese had enacted a number of policy reforms to make sure something like this didn't happen, similar to what was created in 2002's national charter. So we'd been, we, we had gotten our kicking the teeth early and had fixed some of our problems but now we you know we know that there's still more work that needs to be done um how about in your life Uh, have you been how you've been dealing with the scandals oh well um my pastor has been really good about preaching on it and um i've been hearing a lot of different homilies on the topic and i think the the message that seems to be coming through a lot is um personal holiness so clearly we've had a failure on the part of the hierarchy but the hierarchy aren't they don't make up the church alone it's us as well so if we're gonna heal the church and and um get past this all of us really need to focus on growing um in holiness growing closer to jesus more like him that's really the path forward and for years you know the call has been the call has been out there for the laity to take a stronger role in in the church and certainly there, you know, things happen very slowly in the church and <laughs> doctrinal true. changes will be one of those things. But that shouldn't that shouldn't release anybody, any laity from the obligation of making the effort to be a, a, a leaders yes. in the diocese, which coincidentally, as we tie these many of these things together in March of 2018, it was announced uh, just a few weeks ago that March of 2018, we're going to be having a convocation of Catholic leaders. In March of 2019. Yes, that's the uh, that's all the that's all the cold medicine running through my brain right now. Yes. Yes, March of 2019, uh, the end of March 2019, the 25th to 28th, uh, we'll be host, hosting the convocation of Catholic leaders in New Jersey, uh, based on or in South Jersey, based on the national convocation which was held in Florida in, in 2017, um, which I did attend and was truly truly moved by. 
And after we were done with it, we said, you know, we really need to have one of these locally. And what we're attempting to create is a the quality of the national conference, but available to 650, uh, 10 people from every parish in the diocese, 650 local Catholic leaders. And these might be people who don't yet realize that they are Catholic leaders. That's right. <laughs> I was just speaking with my pastor the other day, and he told me about two of the people he was going to invite. And I know for a fact, those two have never thought of themselves. They are, in yes. fact, leaders. They just don't realize it. Right. And they're about to. So uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I, and I'm really pleased that he was thinking outside the box because yes. there are two people who are who are very important in that parish, but um, not have not been in the typical leadership positions yes. that you would expect you would be in a parish. Um, even I would even so good depending on how you look at it, fairly new to the parish, only five years of really wow. really being active, but in that time. They are notable people, and he wisely realized that they could use a little Catholic seasoning. Yes, which <laughs> that's is a good way of putting yes, it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I you know I here I am as a Catholic. I mean, by default, I'm a Catholic leader. I'm the director of communications. Um, but I, as you have heard on this podcast many times, I routinely criticize my own formation as not having been strong enough. Yes. Um, so I'm like a sponge when I'm here. I listen to everybody and. Uh, you know, like as in anything else, the diocese has many facets. So I, you know, I listen and I absorb, and some stuff sticks, and some stuff doesn't. And <laughs> maybe that's for the best. I don't know. But uh, but what about you? I mean, you're a Catholic leader. That's you, true. You, you want some some <laughs> partner leaders? Absolutely. We need uh, help. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we really do. Um, yeah. That's people... really. I think that's a measure of a healthy parish if lay people are stepping up and starting things and going to the pastor and saying, I want to lead a Bible study or we need to do a faith study on this topic. And he's saying, yeah, do it. <laughs> That's when we're doing well. And yeah. it's not just the staff or the priests that are, that are leading everything. So, yeah. oh. so I really hope that people will, uh, you know, when, if their, if their pastor, if their pastor asks them to attend this conference, that they will go to it. And, yes. uh, I've already seen a number of the, the speakers we're expecting for, yes. for this event. And it's, it's looking like it's going to be a really nice turnout with uh, really interesting conversations. There'll be five plenary sessions, and I think they're going to have something like forty-five workshops. That's great! And we're wow. asking the the parishes to really to break themselves up so that, you know different people are going to different yes. workshops and not just clumping together. So I think I really think it'll be a, a, a great opportunity for uh, for people to come out. I think it's great that the pastors are going to be there too. That's yes, important. that well, it is because you the worst thing that can happen is the the. The, for the Catholic leaders to get all this training and all this idea and get all the, excited yeah get all excited and the pastors have no idea what they're talking That's about right. yeah. he said no let's all go in this together and yeah. let's be of let's be of help so uh, Bishop Sullivan's very excited about it I'm very excited about it um, a number of the uh, we have a hand we've actually pulled the sort of the steering committee for this from different areas of the diocese and uh, so it's a nice eclectic group uh, missionary discipleship is, is another one of the heavy elements of it. Yes, of so course. So we're, we're hoping to push that. So anyway, keep an eye out for that. You know, um, not everybody will be able to go, obviously. this is These are people who are being picked. But hopefully um, people that you know or, you know, by all means, if there's somebody in your parish that maybe you know your pastor hasn't considered yet, you know, maybe put the bug in, bug in his ear and say, this person might be good. Or, you know, if you think maybe – this is something for you, you know. Uh, I will tell you that paid staff is not who the target is is expected to be. It's really supposed to be um, 
you know, parishioners. Uh, I, I have no doubt that some some uh, paid staff will be there who sort of run that, who, you know, are on both sides of that line. Yeah. But um, but no, so, so I hope people take advantage of it. And it should be fun. And uh, it's going to be at Harris. And uh, we've got a lot of fun things planned, um, interesting ideas, uh, supposed to be great music so I'm, right. I'm i'm very excited about it. i'm actually i cannot wait until the end of march rolls around for two reasons one i really want to see what this looks like and two i really want the stress of putting it together right. to be behind me <laughs> it's oh my god it's, it's so stressful it's a major event it really is yeah. it is and somehow yeah i have a background in events management and uh but when i came to the diocese i remember saying i said okay I, i'm do anything you want, but please don't ask me to do any events. And I, I think I'm working on four now. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so that's a problem with having a little bit of knowledge that's and skill. True. You get brought that's into true. everything else. So, Lori, what is going on with you? What's going on with me? Yes, now oh. that we've gone through 20 minutes of weird news <laughs> and talk, chit-chat. It's not weird news. It's important things that it are is, happening that people need to know about, right? Yes, but it once again proves how difficult this is to do and why Pete is so necessary because I never have to worry about this stuff. <laughs> about filling in. That's right, exactly. I can just make you know sarcastic comments and just sit on the sidelines. Oh, well, thank you for not making them in my direction. No, I appreciate no. that. <laughs> now, well, I, I took a lot. Trust me, I promise I will make... At least three sarcastic Great. comments. Great. Okay. No problem. All right. Well, let's see. Can I do some shameless plugs yes, for please. more events? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Not shameless. They're actually diocesan wide. Everybody's invited. They just mm-hmm. happen to be happening at Christ the Redeemer. So, <laughs> one of them is actually a nationwide uh, event for October seventh. It's called Rosary Coast to Coast. Basically, just inviting Catholics to come together, pray for our nation, four o'clock Eastern time, wherever you are. Pray a rosary, or you can come to Christ the Redeemer. We will be praying it together there. So everyone's invited. I think there are a couple sites down the shore, too. So if you go to Rosary Coast to Coast, search that on Google, you can find the places that are hosting. So we need more prayer, definitely. Excellent. <laughs> I like that. Um, the other event I'm really excited about, it's called the 177 Project. I, have you I'm, heard about this? I have seen the advertising for oh, it, and I want okay. someone to explain it to me. Yeah, okay, so there are 177 dioceses mm-hmm. in the United States, um, and there is this ministry called Adoration Artists mm-hmm. who felt called to bring adoration to every single diocese. So in a matter of, I think in three months' time, they're going to go to all 177 dioceses. They'll start with, um, I think, the rosary. And then we'll have a time of Eucharistic adoration with Catholic artists that they've invited in to lead praise and worship. And then there is a concert that follows that, and it's all free. You do need tickets, but it's free. So they how, do just, get, how do you get tickets? Uh, go to the177project.com, or you can call Christ the Redeemer. We have them as well in the And you're, you're hosting it. We're hosting it, yes, mm. in Atco. So come Lovely on down. Atco. Yes, <laughs> if you haven't been to Atco, I, I recommend it. It's that part of New Jersey none of us ever go to. No. And, because it's sort of on the way to every place, That's true. but not necessarily where you're going to. runs right through it, yeah. That's right. Most people who live in Northeast Philly have driven right past uh, Berlin a lot. But uh, as they're heading down to, say, down LBI shore, or the yes. shore somewhere. But um, that is a great parish. That is yes. a great pastor, Father Chris Mann, right? Yes. He's who, been on the podcast a couple he times. Has. Yes. He has. He still holds the record for the number one individual podcast. Because it's on our website. He's sharing gotcha. it with people. <laughs> and I do appreciate that. <laughs> yes. But, um, but sure, he has, he has an amazing following. Yes. <coughs> yeah. 
He's Excuse got quite me. a testimony too, quite a life story oh, he to does. share. So <laughs> he could not be any less boring. That's true. The, the, that is true. true. And you've uh, you've been enjoying your time uh, in the I, parish. Yes, having, absolutely. Having Wonderful yeah. people. Yeah, it's good. But we're seeing sort of the same thing that everyone's seeing: sort of shrinking yeah. congregation, shrinking. So that's why I'm there. <laughs> well, and- encourage the people who are there to invite others back. And it's so simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, and you do it in such a good way too. Yeah. If, if I may say. Uh, there, you have a joy, an outward joyfulness about you. In addition to being very knowledgeable about the faith, yes. you are just naturally engaging. It's like, thank you, Mike. How, how can I put this? Um, <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what makes it difficult though is personality really does go a long way when it comes to how we communicate things. And if you are a joyful, buoyant person. Um, People naturally respond to that, and you are. If you are like me, uh, grimacing <laughs> and angry half the time, oh, no. um, it's very difficult to be a, to be a communicator. Which is why I'm routinely asked to appear on camera, and I routinely say no. No, really? Well, yeah, because you want to be behind this, the camera. I, I love being behind. You know that. You I get love being great behind. Great shots, it. by the way. Like I always for... look and start. Oh, Mike got yeah, that one. Very yeah. good. <laughs> I don't think I got any in this paper, but uh, yeah, I've had a good run this summer. The um, but it's true though. It's like I I know th- I as we re- recently attested to men not living their mm-hmm. Catholic faith proudly enough. Um, I am not necessarily the face of the of the diocese. Um, I don't mind pulling the strings in the back. Right. And yes. say like, oh, this person would be great on camera. This exactly. person would be great on camera. I'll help you with all of this. But I, I'm not that. But you are. <laughs> you are. The flip side is you are the face of the diocese okay. and the mouthpiece of that you. Marianella Nunez from our school's office, yes. uh, Andres from the Hispanic Ministry office, Father Chris Mann, um, and then just the, the rank and file in our parishes. Those, that's the church. Yes. I am not the church. I am the oh, PR you monkey. you are the church, I but am, I'm a cog maybe of the church. your gift isn't being out in front, maybe. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee it's not being out in front. I've been interviewed a couple of times, and I let's say in, in my lifetime, I've probably had five on-camera interviews. Wow. I have had exactly one that I liked. Aww. One. And it was for Sorry. nothing consequential. It was I was the city producer for the uh, Philadelphia 48-hour film project okay. in like, 2012 2011 2012 and uh, a friend of mine worked at CBS 3 when they still had their noon talk show and so I did that I did a 10 minute spot on that and that was the only one I was ever good at (laughs) all the rest of them it's like "Mm, I'm good I'm good have you always been in PR is that like no I started out as a journalist Um, well I went to I went to college to be a teacher and uh, turns out kids you really do want to study in college (laughs) because If you graduate with a 2.0, they will not give you a teaching certificate. Oh, dear. That's yeah. good to know. I, uh, I, when they weren't kidding around, they said a minimum of 2.5. I had gotten used to getting away with things. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't wise <laughs> on my part. But don't worry. I made up for it with a nearly 4.0 at, uh, in my master's in public relations. Good for you. I got a B in See, one class. you were capable. You just weren't applying yourself, That's exactly Michael. Right. I was. And my mother, just if my mom's listening now, you were right. Lori said it. You were right. I was not applying myself. But um, no, I wanted to be a, a history teacher. And I quickly learned that history teachers don't retire. They die. Oh, my um, goodness. So with that being said, they never leave that job. That's right. So yeah. you have to oh, wait. So you can't get so one until ha- they you, die. If you want a history job as a teacher, a history teacher job, you can't look at the one ad. You have to look at the obituaries. Because that's how. And I mean that in the best, positive way, best possible way. I see what you're saying. Um, 
So uh, I finally did. I was a so I couldn't really find a job and and but I I wrote pretty well and Great. my father taught me to be a photographer. So I found a a newspaper down. Actually, I found a newspaper in Pittman, New Jersey, that hired me as an ad rep, but would let me write and take pictures on the side. Oh, good. So I worked there for maybe six months, then they folded. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was a shame. I was not a very good ad rep. <laughs> Much better wordsmith. And uh, but it got me enough clips that I was able to get a job working on the shore for the Gazette Leader. Um, publications, short publications, mm. um, which eventually became part of Atlantic City Press. So I, I did a lot of work for them for about two years. And then a teaching position came open at Gloucester Catholic. Wow. I worked there for a year. And then... Uh, Were you teaching history? I was teaching... I taught uh, junior history Ooh. and sophomore English. Okay. And I really loved it. I, I was great. But I, I, looking back on it now, that's I realized that... I was too young and too stupid at that time. <laughs> and fortunately, hard. they had had a drop in enrollment. I had been the last teacher hired, oh, so I was the first one asked to yeah. leave. And I was like, this is probably for the best. <laughs> it's God's will. I didn't there realize it at the time, but this is probably for the best because I, I immediately started uh, looking for other jobs, picked up a job as a writer for a medical publication uh, called Slack. Anybody who okay. uh, lives in the uh, thoroughfare area knows Slack slash Vindico. So I did that job for a while. And then... So what uh, did you uh, write for them? Do you uh, know anything about medical? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> okay. I, I covered the eye care industry. Oh. Uh, most specifically, uh, I worked for a company called... It was OCN or a paper called OCN. It was... Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, OSN. <laughs> Hold on. Orthopedic... Uh, no, not orthopedic. Uh, oh, I can't believe it. I can't <laughs> oh, no. remember the word. Uh not optometry. It was like ophthalmology. Uh, ophthalmology. Thank you. you. Okay. Ophthalmology. Um, anyway, it was an ophthalmology magazine. So I covered the medical side of it, and you know how cataract surgeries were done and stuff. But it was it was it was written for doctors. Okay. So I had to write on that level. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what I realized, I worked there for about two and a half years, and what I realized was uh, that's really not where my strong suit is. But they eventually allowed me to transition into writing a business and law stories, mm. which I got pretty good at. And then when I left there, I ended up working for, I realized that uh, I had read so many press releases and saw how many of them were terrible mm. that I was like, you know what, let me try being a PR guy. And there was this nonprofit by the name, by the, uh, called Volunteers of America. Oh yeah. And I worked there, uh, as their communications manager and eventually, uh, I had a couple titles there. Eventually, I ran the communications department, and that was a great experience. Mm -hmm. That I will say, aside from working with wonderful people, that um, really taught me because they 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 ran halfway houses or transitional houses and um, homeless shelters, both permanent and transitional, and behavioral health wow. elements, and it was unbelievable. Worked with amazing people, truly truly wonderful work being done to do help people really achieve success who yes. had fallen on hard times and uh it was it was a great experience i led to where i first learned how to run events so oh, we, we there you these, go yeah so and, it, and that was a great experience we have we had this big gala ball that was part of the oscars oh. it was it would, took place on the same day as the oscars it was black tie wow we'd show the oscars on a big screen had all these different awards, ceremony. It was really great. That sounds fun. Yeah. But it do was, they still do it? They do something similar. Sorry. It used to be called Oscar Night in America. Now it's called um, it's called the Red Carpet 
Gala, nice. I think is what it's called. Um, but you were able to do it through the Oscars, and I think the Oscars dropped that. Yeah, and, okay. and so they sort of created it on their own. But it was great. And then I, after working there for like two and a half years, I realized that uh, I needed corporate experience. So I became a PR guy working for a law firm. As you might expect... <laughs> Okay. I was I was compensated nicely. Yes. Uh, however, I lost a bit of my soul. Mm, um, that's unfortunate. As, like I I'm a middle of the road political guy, but uh, after a while, writing about how to break uh, strikes uh, was a little tough for me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I but it, but it, once again, it was good experience, and I moved on to a uh, I did then I did events management for four okay. years, and that was great experience. I worked with amazing people. That has been the benefit of my job. My I have done I have done good work, but mostly what all my jobs have been was to teach me stuff. There you go. I was just going to so say that the I, Lord was preparing yes, you for this job. The, <laughs> the, basically, my role in life is jack of all trades. I can talk to you about eye care. I can talk to you about uh, halfway houses. I can talk to you about all sorts of law. I can wow. talk to you about how to run an event. I can talk to you about computer graphics and animation. I mean, photography, I have photography as well, public relations. So all of that. So I ended up sort of creating this big. So that 2.0 in college ended yeah. up as a 4.0 in the in the real world. Nice. Because I just got so much experience, I just bounced around. You look at my LinkedIn profile. I mean, you just heard me give you a little run. There were two more jobs after that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, before I got here, and uh, you know, so what? The, were you doing a master's at the same time, or did you go back to school? I started my master's at where? Where was I? I started my master's at Volunteers of America. Nice. Um, hold on, wait a second. Let me get this straight. Now that you mentioned it, it took it went it, it spanned three jobs, <laughs> two years and three jobs. Wow! I was I started it when I was at Volunteers of America. I I did when I worked for the first law firm I worked at. That was about a year in the middle, and then I finished it working at the events management place, which had no use for a PR guy. Like <laughs> That's like funny. there was no correlation between those two, which is why. But I ended up working there for a couple of years before I. I landed another good PR spot, and then that, that was a, actually was a good law firm that I worked. The second law firm I worked for, because um, they were very social minded, um, mm. so it actually was a pretty good fit. Um, not necessarily a good fit in terms of like their philosophy and the Catholic Church's philosophy wasn't necessarily on the same page, but they were very committed to social service projects. That's so good. it was an easy transition. Anytime I had to work with Catholic charities yes. once I came here. But then, you know, I tell you, I came here. My wife saw the ad in the Star Herald. Oh, is that how yeah. you? Uh, she found that. Yeah, that's probably. I wasn't thinking about it, and uh, she saw an ad that the schools department was looking for a um, a communications professional, yeah. communication specialist, and I was like, oh, well, give it a try. You know, see what see what they're interested. in. Was your son in Catholic schools at uh, that point? Or at that not point? Yet? He had just started okay. at that point. So there you go. You're a supporter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am very much. A, I am very much a supporter <laughs> of Catholic schools. But they saw my resume and said, "Ah, that's nice, but you might be better for this other job as the director of communications." Oh, that's great. And I was like, "Oh, well, thank you very much." And it, everything has just been wow. sort of great since I, I uh, 20 years ago. I could not have told you this is where I would have ended up. But I do. I will say that one of the first newspaper articles I wrote probably in the first six months I was there um, Wildwood Catholic was having a teacher strike oh, no. <laughs> and as part of the teacher strike I had to interview um, they, they asked me to call the bishop and get a quote from him well I called the bishop 
I got the bishop. I didn't get the director of communications. Right, I got the bishop. bishop. I ended up talking to Bishop McHugh oh, about wow. the teacher strike in Wildwood. It was the weirdest thing ever. That is weird. Did he pick up the phone? He did. Oh, wow. I don't know how I pulled it off, but I talked to him specifically. Oh, wow. And at the time, I know Andy Walton. I think Andy Walton would have been here at that time. And he's he's revered in the diocese. Mm. He's, he's the, he's the, he was the public relations director then. And uh, someone who I knew enough about to follow his career and try to emulate it um, once I got here. And yes. But even when I was in my public relations classes, I was like, okay, this is what Andy did in this kind of situation. Let me see if I can interpret uh, interpret some way of doing it in this, this case study. Um, so anyway, so I have no idea how I got through to him, but 1996, I interview Bishop McHugh on the floor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but for anybody who's a journalist now uh, who thinks that's going to happen, no. <laughs> Me first. Go through Mr. Walsh. Then, then I'll call. Then I'll call Bishop Sullivan. We'll have a. We'll do an interview. But yeah, that was really. I thought back. Just thinking about that, like uh, a few months ago, I think like, that is so weird that I was able to get through to the bishop on a whim. That's true. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So now we when I we when we started this podcast, yes. I said I have a cold and I'm gonna have. <laughs> you're gonna right. have Lori. You're gonna <laughs> have to do most of the talking. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and this is quickly becoming the Mike Walsh podcast. <laughs> Sorry, you haven't done one yet. As like uh, a guest. That's true. I have not. Oh. I have not done. No. It's funny. You know, I I had um, there's a Knights of Columbus Council that um, uh, does a gala in in October, and they always ask for public speakers, and um, or su- ask for me for suggestions for public speakers, and they wanted to do the combination of technology and faith. Hmm. So I asked around to a couple of people, and no one was really comfortable with that topic. So I wrote back to the guy and said, you know, uh, you know, I'm f- having trouble finding someone that you I think would be a good fit for you. But here's some other ideas that you might want to consider. After I sent the email, one of my coworkers goes, uh, Mike, that guy he was at, that's you. That's right. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Did yeah, you, to you. you have I'm, those skills. I'm not, I, I don't want to speak to anybody else. Screw it up. Oh, no. so, Did I, you end up doing it? Or no, no oh. it's not until the middle of October. No, no I, right. gave him, uh, I gave him. I gave him Jim Manfredonia from oh, yeah. Domestic Church yes. Media. Because be yeah, I think He's so. Very comfortable, I think. In front very of comfortable, and yeah. that radio station has done a great job of of aligning their social media presence with their spirituality. That's great. Um, I I routinely try to steal ideas from them for mm-hmm. for stuff we do. Because uh, I, re- I really do think they, they do a great I don't job. Know if I follow them, I should do that. You should. Wow. Yeah, okay. and I, I recommend downloading their app too. They have a really okay. good app. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, sometimes you can't. There's a couple of holes in their coverage zones in South mm-hmm. in their radio coverage zones. Um, so that app, you know, picks up everything. Good. So I recommend it. Good. Yes. Domestic Church Media. Yeah. Free plug for them. Nice. There you go. <laughs> well, they they run a lot of good stuff for us, so uh, I don't true. mind giving them a little little plug. And Relevant Radio is lovely too. Don't yes, offend anybody. <laughs> XM channel or Catholic channel on XM they're lovely they're all lovely people EWTN of EWTN course. yeah well that's what DC, uh, DCM is an affiliate oh, that's of, right. of that's EWTN right. yeah but they're they're lovely too Good. hey listen I'm a fan of all of our fellow Catholic communicators yes anybody who's getting you know, the word out yeah yeah so long as you're not a little too far to one side and a little too far to the other side so long as you you can have a conversation yes. I am very much a <laughs> proponent of that and I'm I don't mind extreme positions so long as we're comfortable having a conversation there you go you know? right civility that's, is, that's what we need i'm such a big fan of that <laughs> yes you know one this this is really turning into the mike wash podcast to which i i apologize to everybody <laughs> um 
but I, I have thoughts that pop into my head, and I have a podcast, so I'm going to say it now. I'm going to be like Mark Maron. I'm going to just start to keep talking. Uh, if you don't know who Mark Maron is, that's probably good, but he's one of the godfathers of, of podcasting. Um, the uh, It occurred to me as we were we – were, I'm a political junkie. I love politics. I love not so much the ramifications of politics, but I appreciate the, the show of politics, right? Yes. I'm the guy that watches – C-SPAN, you know, that's me. <laughs> nice. And, you know, what What has really started to bother me in the last two years, three years, is that we, we make, everyone's got a hot take and there's no, there's no true discussion period anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the Kavanaugh um, yes. stuff that's gone, you know, I, when I was growing up, I used to watch Supreme Court justice hearings were the best because you'd have all these really intellectual people coming together and grilling this guy yeah. on what you know what he would do in a particular situation. This was the first time I watched a Supreme Court nominee, uh, you know, Supreme Court. Um, can't think of the word. This is the drugs hitting oh, no. me, folks. Can I remember what that word is? But uh, confirmation process where, you know, I was really sort of taken aback by some of the senators and they had they it was more about posturing than it was an actual back and forth, not interrogation, but conversation, conversation. you know, and back in the day, you know, moderates were the the, the biggest part of of Congress and any political activity. And now everything's on the extremes. And because it's on the extremes, no one's willing to talk anymore. And it, it kills me. I, like I'm I'm constantly amazed at how just because someone's a D and someone's an R, they can't possibly get along. And that was not the way it was in the well for most of our country. You know, mm-hmm. so I, that that kind of stuff pains me. So that's why that's why we one of the reasons we created the podcast was to have conversations. Although mm-hmm. this one has been very one sided because you keep asking me questions <laughs> and I keep Sorry. answering. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's good you've never gotten to do your uh, uh, meet Mike Walsh uh, podcast. Is, so this is good. <laughs> that's true. We're still calling this Laurie Power. Though, right? Oh dear. I'm that. Okay. We're not going to call it because uh, no one's interested well, in Mike it's Walsh. It's good that you told your story because it makes me think like. Okay, so you said you're not the, you know, ebullient out there, you know, like joyful. You, but. Okay. <laughs> but you obviously have a lot of connections. You know a lot of people. Yeah. So, like, perhaps God has put those people in your life so that you can share the good news with them, Mike. Well, you, you know, it's funny you should say that because it's so funny you, you picked up on that. There have been times I've actually been not depressed, disappointed that I work for the diocese. Not because I'm sad about working for the diocese, right. but when I was out in the world, I was that rare good Catholic right. working in all the that witness to I people. could witness to yeah. people, and they would ask me questions, and I'd give the explanation. Like I remember when Pope Francis resigned, or not Pope Francis, uh, sorry, Pope, Pope Benedict, Benedict resigned, and everyone was like, "Huh? Where's Mike? We got to talk to Mike <laughs> about right. this." And my first thing was, "I got to find some answers." That's right. <laughs> like 600 years ago, huh? That last one. All right. Well, it's, there's precedent. That's right. You know. Pope Benedict knew ago. that, so right? yeah. And you know, I remember writing a blog post about it when that happened, and I, I said, I said at the time that might have been the best gift that, whether you think it in the short term, in the long term, that might be the best gift that Benedict the Sixteenth gave us was the ability for a pe- for a pope to retire because there were those. I mean, 
they really thought John Paul II, for all of his saintliness, mm. you know, it the Catholic Church might have been in a better place had he had retired earlier for health reasons. Right, and he was suffering. And yeah, he, he really that. was, yeah. and and that seems to be more than anybody is due. So when he did that, I remember thinking that is and on the only person that could have done that was Pope Benedict because he is so strict in his thinking. You knew that there was going to he would have explanation for it yes (laughs) and more importantly would then follow it when he retired so i mean he could have easily retired as pope and then thrown the world into schism by disagreeing with the following pope and he has not done that that, no that that and because the last thing he would want to do is create schism it's true because the catholic church is very strong and we can we can get past many things that is true. Though I would disagree with you. Look, we can disagree. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can control your mic. So <laughs> well, his that was definitely a contribution. I would, but he's probably one of the greatest scripture scholars alive today. Right. So his writings on scripture, I believe, are his greatest <laughs> contribution to the Catholic Church, in my opinion. So, okay. <laughs> if you haven't read his his three book series, Jesus of Nazareth, highly recommend it. That's a great idea. I haven't done. Yeah. I should. You could do one for Advent on the infancy narratives. It's short. Ooh. It's oh yeah. See, you're so much smarter than I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. See, I you're just smarter. Have more exposure to Catholic things, maybe. I don't know. That is see, <laughs> right? Because and I that's why I rely on people so much, like you and and our erstwhile Pete Sanchez, oh. who by the way uh, had a bit of a health flare up, and that's what he's off taking care of right now. So uh, we certainly so hope pray he, for Pete. Pray for Pete and hope he feels better soon, and uh, we want him back on the podcast as soon as we can. Because yeah. um, I can guarantee you, he is not happy about missing Miss a podcast. <laughs> he's missed two. <gasps> And out Uh-oh. of 86. Now, of oh. course, he gets all the extras with you. So <laughs> I've missed That's all true. those. So he gets all the extras with you. If, for those of you who don't know that Pete and, uh, and Lori have a, have the Talking Saints podcast. Yes. But but that's but that's right. That's that I keep people like you in my back pocket because I simply I can tell you how to get through a public relations disaster. Great. I can help you with that. <laughs> I hope I never have to call you, Mike. We don't but, want any uh, of those. No. <laughs> at I'm, my new parish. <laughs> Please no, but uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the great jokes of our gang of friends is, uh, you know, prior to whenever this was taken care of, uh, you know, where do where do dead babies go? You know, it's like, but this is twenty five years ago. We used to have this discussion, and I that's where I was like, I got to tap out. I, that's right. I'm out. I have not read any of these articles, none of these books. I will absorb whatever you got to say. There you go. So, Lori, uh, where did dead babies go? Uh, into the merciful arms of Jesus. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or his blessed mother. I'm sure she'd be happy to take him. Too. Oh, yes, she would. <laughs> as as she would Indeed. like to take all of us yes. when that day comes. Yes. The uh, So, <coughs> have you found your new parish to be embracing of you? Yes, indeed. Really? It was kind of funny that you said this about joy because one of my coworkers said, have you seen that movie Inside Out? You're just like that one character, Joy. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Your coworker is so correct. Is right? <laughs> that but is Joy you. Joy is kind of like surface. She's just, that's all she's got. I was like, I have many facets. Well, yeah, you have, that is true. You are also not a Pixar movie though. That's you true. Have that's much, true. You have much layer to you. As, although, yes. but, uh, no, that's, well, that's great though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. So they have embraced me, yes. Because yeah. I think they were wondering like, who's this girl from up the pike? Like, what, what, what is Father Chris bringing in? So it's but good. That's, I always like it when, uh, well, I mean, it can go two ways. I shouldn't say that. But, uh, but one of the nice things that, that I, one of the things I appreciate about how the Diocese of Camden handles its pastors is, you know, 
six years with an extension for 12 years, and then you move someplace else. That was Father Chris Mann's first first pastor uh, position. However, he brings with him something that that parish has never seen before. Mostly because there ain't nobody like Father Chris Mann. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like it or dislike it, you're definitely going to get a new experience. And my career shows nothing. It is that... Having lots of different experiences is very beneficial. Yeah, so I like it when pa- when pastors move around. That's I don't know. I go back and forth. I was talking to a Protestant convert about yeah. that, and she was truly upset because one of her parochial vicars was moved, and they only stay a very oh, short yeah. time. She's yeah. like, "Our family's being torn apart. How can they do?" Like she didn't understand. And the two cradle Catholics were like, "This is just how it is," you know. <laughs> but I could see the good of having you know a pastor, a father figure there for an extended period of time. And so. it can be difficult, but even in the pain. I mean, that's the beauty of being a Catholic. You know, we sort of embrace the pain of our lives. <laughs> um, even if let's say your the greatest pastor of all time ends up mm. leaving your parish right you get two options you get or you get not options you get two two opportunities one you get to really appreciate that pastor That's by because whoever's there that you're not as fond of oh man boy did i really like pastor smith because right. pastor walsh sucks <laughs> um but but in addition to appreciating your former pastor that other pastor is going to bring stuff that, that you the former didn't yeah exactly you know. and I, i've had pastors that that were amazing spiritual leaders right but they could not run a parish so that parish exactly and they become (laughs) and the parish suffers because of it um and then you have other ones that are fantastic administrators but they couldn't preach their way out of a paper bag um and when that happens you know my my wife you know i will give this example to her um, she loves going to Saturday morning mass. That's one of her goals. That oh, she that's just great. Started. Yeah, it really is. She, we can't. Do, we're too busy to do daily. But right. Saturdays, she, she no matter what, she's going to do mass. And what she took it upon herself. Um, our parish stopped having a Saturday morning mass, um, and she took it upon herself to find another parish. And she realized that the, our one of our former uh, associate vicars had become an administrator elsewhere, not about twenty minutes down the road. She's like. I'm going to, the, and he has a Saturday mass. I'm no. going to the mat mass. So now she has not, she's not only the opportunity to have been a parish that has a, str- a strong administrator. She knows she's close enough that she can go to someone who really speaks to her spiritually. Yes. And best of all, she's now going to a place that she, uh, a community that she has never been to before. Uh, one of my favorite places. And I always say it's the part of South Jersey. You could pick up and drop in Alabama and you wouldn't notice any difference. <laughs> um, and do you not want to tell us what, what, what <laughs> well, I don't know how people react to it. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, you kick anybody in the teeth. Yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you later what it is. But, um, but it's, you know, but it really works for her. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, she comes back on Saturday mornings, like Saturday around noon. And you can tell just, you can just tell she's rejuvenated yes. in her, in her spiritual faith. Yeah. Fed. Yeah. You, Cause you don't, we listen, we live in a world where we can drive almost anywhere. That's as right. long as we are physically That's capable right. and we got a car and gas. You wouldn't go places. You, if you had those abilities, don't feel locked in. And if you don't have those abilities, Uber. That's true. You know, <laughs> Uber is great. You can get, I've, you know, five bucks to go uh, ten miles. Well, yeah. Maybe twenty bucks to go twenty ten miles. I don't know, but you can get there. That's my true. Point. You can. I just took a lift to work the other day. My Did car you really? died. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if there is convenient. a if there is a car service that will take you to Atco, New Jersey, right. you can go anywhere. That's true. Because <laughs> there's not a lot in Atco, New Jersey. Cow tipping, but uh, hey. no, I'm just teasing. There's no cows <laughs> in that. Haven't seen anybody doing that. <laughs> no, there's no cows, and those are in Hamilton. I don't even actually. I don't think cows are in Hamilton either. That's just 
That's well, Salem we are the County. Garden State. There's gonna be some farms around here, right? With <sighs> cows on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not up here in Camden area, but. <laughs> no, not a lot. No, not much here. But uh, anyway, but uh, but yeah, no. That's I think that's fantastic. So for those of you who you know, sort of hate the fact that your favorite passer just took off, mm. it just means it's a new opportunity. That's true. You know, I I kind of get hung up on that a little bit when I hear people complain about um church closings mm. and you know uh, for me the church the structure has never been what the church was about it's always been the people the people yeah you know i'm nourished by conversations yes. like this and and the mass and the eucharist and, and all and, I, and i'm not saying that we don't need mass i'm just saying that that structure if you look at it and from a certain point of view almost becomes superfluous it's true now we can celebrate Mass anywhere. We can. And I have. Not me. <laughs> but I've been, I've been present when <laughs> Mass has been celebrated elsewhere. Even like on a camping trip. Uh, under Actually, that's probably one of the best Masses I've ever been to really? was uh, um, Father Joe Byerly and a group of our friends uh, went camp. I've been camping several times. Not recently, but in, you know, many times over the span of about 10 years. And um, Sunday mornings, we would have Mass mm. around the picnic table. And you know, I, I don't know. Just... The smell of the bug spray and <laughs> the lack of sleep and the heavy That's humidity. Right. It just added something so to the mass for some reason. That's true. But it was it was some of the most powerful experiences I've had. And it's nice to have uh, friends who are priests. That's that, that also, you know, that's another we don't talk about much uh, as laity. If you talk to Pete, he, he has priest friends that he, I, how do I put this? Um have such an influence on his life and yes. he is so appreciative that that they enjoy having him around and having the dialogue back and forth get to know your priests yes. and and find <laughs> ones that you can be friendly with right. priests are great friends <laughs> you know weird. things go wrong man they show up it's they, true. <laughs> they, they they are helpful you know they all have like like interesting backgrounds like i know a couple that are incredible gamers a bunch that are really good photographers wow. a couple of hunters in the mix fishermen you name it and uh, it's a, and well, then priests are people too we, they we are. have to remember that they are they, and, they, and they really need us now because it's hard to be a priest in the current climate of the church is. they need our support so yeah particularly the young priests yeah. you know it's that collar i i, I hate to say it um, but it's been said that collars turned into a scarlet letter in some regard, yeah. in some respects. And they're such good guys, they especially really are. our young ones. Yes. Like. <laughs> As the seminarians, the young yeah. priests, you know, if anybody, I think, I don't recall if we talked about it on the podcast or not. Yeah, we did. But you know, the Fox 29 did an interview with yes! Father Ed Kennedy. And Father I saw Adam that. I said, how did Jeske? this happen? And then I saw, I saw you in the background. I'm like, Mike made this happen. I felt, I felt so bad that I ended up in the shot. In the I was shot. like, damn, I would have moved. I felt so bad about that. The uh, oh, hold on, wait a second. I, I there's a Pete Sanchez sighting Ooh. Right, right behind you. Hold All right. on, Pete's the, here. You know what this means is that he's only missed one podcast okay, out of eighty six. That's true. That's the key. Hold on, wait a second. Here he comes. Hold. And there he goes. Just just as quickly as he came, he flew by. I thought he was going to sit down and get on a mic, but uh, he got a phone call. It's an to... adventure here it in is. the vault today. I Mike. know. This is so strange. Just, we're, we're breaking rules left and right. All right. If he comes back in, we'll 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 get him on the podcast. If not, you know, we'll we'll definitely catch up with him in the in the future. Um, I forget what we were talking about though. <laughs> our priests. I, I was so excited. Oh yeah, yes. we love our priests, especially Indeed. the young ones. And yeah. and you're right. You did catch me in the background of that Fox 29 broadcast and. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts that 
I, I actually asked for the raw audio because it was only a four minute news right, thing, yeah. but it was a 45 minute interview. <gasps> And they were great Worthy, from I'm minute sure. one to minute 45. Yeah. And a couple of times I really got choked up because they were Aww. so good. So, Can you use that audio for something else? <laughs> well, I asked for I did. Okay. That's good. what I asked because I was going to turn it into a podcast. Oh, like, I mean, no edits at all. Just, just let it run. run it, yeah. And uh, eh, news, news stations aren't a big fan of doing that. So mm, I couldn't I, I couldn't get it. But um, I think I couldn't tell if it was a rights issue or they just were uncomfortable because of the nature of the well, questions. just invite those two in. Have they been on the podcast? Well, that's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have them on the podcast, and Pete and I and Carl Peters are going to write a, uh article about what it's like to be a young priest wow. amidst the scandals. So, uh, And I think it's probably good that we've allowed a little bit of a breathing time, because yes. when we first spoke with uh, one of the priests, there was a great deal of hostility uh, in him, towards uh those who had uh, been predators and Ooh, um yeah um i'm you know he he might use words that would not be appropriate for a podcast um, okay. so it's <laughs> I'm sure he's calmed yeah <laughs> well no i hope he hasn't calmed i hope he's just as angry as yeah. he was before but l- l- uses different words yes okay. but um the uh but no i you know i talked to a couple of seminarians when it when it first happened and you know they they but their comment was is well this is, it makes me want to be a better priest. Right. It doesn't want me make me not to be a priest. It wants me to be a priest that people can believe in again. Trust, yeah. And our young priests and our seminarians, man, they are such great people. They really are. Um, I used, uh, when I, I mentioned that I was giving presentations about Catholic Strong at St. Michael's past weekend, Father Adam Chesky comes from that parish. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and people really responded to it when I, because I mentioned him as part of it. And I said, listen, you have a lot to be proud of in this parish. Yes. You know, it's, I said, the bishop truly loves you. Uh, you gave him one of the greatest gifts you can give a bishop and a diocese and a people is one of your own as a priest. That is a, that is a beautiful thing. And that's a small, that's a small country parish. It is, yeah. Um, and to, to give over a priest to that is just, it's beautiful. It's, it really is. It's beautiful. Um, but it's also beautiful when those parishes give off great laity like yourself like well, other catholic you. leaders in, yes. in the diocese the um, what about you i mean how have you been handling the scandals uh, well my initial response was all the priests i've ever known have been nothing but good to me mm-hmm. so I, that's not my experience i mean i feel for the people who were harmed Absolutely. Um, my mom's first husband actually was abused by priests um and it was it has impacted our family even till today. So that's not to say like, oh, it's not a big deal. It clearly is like it impacts generations. My brother is not in the church right now because of that. Sure. I think that's partially an excuse with him. But I mean, it is it's something that's obviously hurt him. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of healing, I think, that still needs to happen. Trust rebuilt. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think th- I think there will be people who use the scandals as a reason not to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might have been looking for it as a reason, uh, but at the same time, you know what? Even if they, even if that's their psychology about it, that there's a truth to that. That they have, they have an issue that is not being met for right. some reason. Even if they're using this as their excuse, so let's try and meet it. That's yes, and that's exactly. essentially what missionary discipleship yes. is: is reaching out to those people. Okay, you're in pain, and you're in pain whether deeply or superficially because of the scandals, let's talk about it. Yeah. And if it is deeper than that, let's talk about that too. Right. What, what aren't you getting out of this? Um, and how do you, and I mean, there are, there may be elements of our Catholicism that will always be problematic for people, right. but that doesn't mean you have to, to leave. Right. You know, yeah, I, right. listen, I, 
I've never thought about leaving the church. I have, however, thought many times about fixing things in the church. <laughs> and that was that's good. Yeah. And, but that's, that's one of the reasons why not that I became a director necessarily, but that I stay within the church. It was like, mm. well, I, I have opinions and that's I'd right. like to see them. And I think some of them might be right. So <laughs> let me, and the ones that aren't, you know, let's talk it out and I'll, mm. I'll Hey, I admit when I'm wrong eventually. So <laughs> that's a good thing. There you yes. go. Humility is key. That's well, I wouldn't say I was humble about it, but I just eventually, <laughs> eventually I will, we yeah. will, we can argue I will begrudgingly that. mention that. Okay. You're right. There you go. But, uh, but, uh, but it's true. You know, I, I, whenever I hear, Oh, you should resign, you should quit. You know, I mean, unless you're, part of the people doing damage that you get right, back out yeah. but <clears throat> as a way of showing defiance i've never agreed with that if you are if you are in disagreement with something man stay in it and fight right. for it and make it right don't turn your back on it and go elsewhere because then nothing gets fixed it's true and you it's and you true. just lose something and we lose something so well you know, said Mike. yes <laughs> But don't if you, leave. Don't leave. <laughs> Have a fight. Stay and fight. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. It's apathy yeah. Hate is a hate is, has a direct line from love. You hate something and you have strong feelings about it. Yes. That's right. <clears throat> What's really amazing about this podcast so far, that is my only my third cough. That's great. Which oh, is shocking. Is good. Yes. <laughs> I think the endorphins are keeping me from uh from just blowing up this microphone with uh phlegm. Okay. <laughs> That's a nice image. That Mike. might have Thanks been wrong. Thanks for that. I apologize. <laughs> I, uh, well, we are fully in the three o'clock hour when I get a little Indeed. punchy. So That's it, true. It, it is the hour of mercy, though. So oh, I hope that our listeners will be merciful <laughs> with how much of me they're getting on this podcast. So <laughs> great. Mm, yeah, says you. <laughs> you get to sit here through it. Make sure you tell your friends to listen and I will <laughs> lie to them and say I talked did most of the talking. <laughs> see me lying to people no, I really don't you could fib though <laughs> I could say it was a good podcast yeah, anyway a good podcast. Our, uh, you're gonna learn some new things about Mike that nobody ever cared about <laughs> these, these are the interesting things Peach. We, didn't, we didn't even talk about your marital advice that was what I went out <laughs> last time I was here I was I like can't. hey you want to do pre-canyon you're like well I have a lot of good things I oh, can say I... about marriage <laughs> yeah it's uh, you work at it That's see what there you, you go and what, truth. going back to that thing of, you know things you got to fight for sometimes and, yeah you know, but it's, it's worth though. it most of the time yeah. <laughs> oh I'm not sure she's that, helping no. you get to heaven and you're oh, helping her well that there part is go. that yes you, we can thank father Joe Byerly for that one as well damn him and his stuff that's uh, during those dark times and it was like oh fine i'll get her into heaven um but uh what was i gonna say the um but you know but at the same time the tribunal is is doing lots of work with its annulments so it's listen there are some marriages that were not meant to to stay together and we accept that it never were but uh, so how did we get on this topic why are we talking about annulments that's not a nice topic I don't know. All, well, I guess all, for some people it's good. They, yeah. You know, if they want to get married again. All I know is that the Pete has finally appeared. Yeah. And is currently sitting at a mic as we were having that uh, question of marriages and annulments. <laughs> yeah, I came back. I'm alive. Yes. Thank God. So right, a little yes. technical difficulties there, but I'm feeling praise, praise God. It's yes. a beautiful day. Great to uh, apologize, Lori. Um, let me just say happy birthday month. Oh, thank you. Yes. That is, um, <laughs> it was a couple days ago. My oh, birthday. Well, thank you. So how's, um, how's Mike? it feel to be 25? It feels great. 25? <laughs> Wait kidding. a minute. I thought you were 19. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, she can drink. That's she's right. Got the, can, yeah. Yeah, Not that I ever legal. do. No, but, but she's legal. <laughs> she's got, yeah. Um, and so how are you guys doing? Mike, uh, you don't, 
you don't sound too good. That is true. I have a head cold. Where I, right. Yet I, he's persevered through yes. like a champ. God yes. bless you. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for, you know, you guys and being the rock, being the rock here, you and Lori. Um, and so tomorrow is the first day of fall. Um, it is. I have heard something about that. Yeah. What do you, are you guys ready for the season? Yeah, I had pumpkin pie earlier this week, so that's right. I'm sorry. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I love pumpkin pie too, so yeah. that's a plus. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it's you gonna know, get cooler, so that's another plus. Yeah, I love. One of the things I love is apple picking this time of year. Ooh, I've never done that. Really? Never? Where do you go really? apple picking? Oh, there has place. got to be someplace in Atco that does that apple does, picking. All right, I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, there is a place up in Heightstown, New Jersey, okay. about an hour away, that I go to every year called Lee's Turkey Farm, and it's just special place to me do you get a turkey while you're there too no you can hear them gobble gobble gobble, oh, gobble, no. gobble, gobble, gobble. that's what my dad does he goes by the turkey pin and he antagonizes them um but um it's uh it's it's just a nice um nice place you can pick your own apples right to the tree the mac do you make apple pie Apple oh sauce. yeah! What oh, we have the, we have we what we do. My, this is a big tradition of my family. My family goes apple picking, and then we do go to my aunt's house, and we they have an awesome apple core machine nice. that if you put the apple in, if you've seen process. it and you crank it, it is awesome. <laughs> it is like the coolest thing, and it shreds it like the outer. Right. It just the, uh, skin. Yeah. It's yeah, and so we make apple pie. It's um. You know, I always look forward to that, and that's just it's just going to be fun this year when it happens. So, and I'm also the apple cider, I guess, is coming out. And of course, and Thanksgiving's coming. I know, Lori. What do you? I get to celebrate two Thanksgivings this year. It's a little strange because you're Canadian. No, my sister is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's being inducted into her high school hall of fame, but it's over the weekend of Canadian Thanksgiving. So she's coming down here, and my brother is making her a whole Thanksgiving dinner. So we're all celebrating early. That is awesome. Yeah, that is. Well, my sister lives out in Vancouver. Right. And does she celebrate both or just Canadian? I think just Canadian. I think though. Well, I think, but I think she might do Canadian with friends, and then Thanksgiving she'll go down to visit oh, my great. other sister in Oregon. Perfect. And shout out to my nephew Van; he will turn seven on the twenty fourth. Seven already? Oh my goodness! I know it's wow, am- it's amazing. He's getting so big. So I got him. Uh, sorry, I couldn't be out there, little guy. But we got a. Uh, Does he listen to the podcast, Pete? <laughs> no, so I'm not going to. You know, I was going to say what I got him, but I'm nervous that his mom's going to listen to oh, this. Okay. So I'm going to be careful. <laughs> But I'm just, you know, September's a great month. Uh, we were talking about Talking Saints. Yeah. Lori, it's been such a pleasure doing it with you. Absolutely. These past, uh, we got one exciting one coming up in September and then another one in October. And, uh, yeah. What do we do in September? September, St. Padre Pio. Oh, of course. We talked about Sorry. him. Oh, and this Pio. Sunday. And then St. Faustina. Yes. Coming up, yeah. There is an wait, action. wait, wait, wait. When, when does that Talking Saints go up? <laughs> it goes on. Well, the St. Padre Pio is Sunday. Did I get That's a write-up for that day. one? I will, yeah. <laughs> okay. I will write it up. I will not remember if you don't send me a write-up. You I need to send me an image, too. I will do that. Okay. Yes, sir. Wow. You're getting a behind-the-scenes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a staff meeting right there you now. Get right. But um, um, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Mike. Um, 
But, the, yeah, so we'll get that. And then uh, another saint, actually, that's tied to Cuba. I was looking up St. Anthony Mary Claret. I don't know much about him. When's his yeah, feast day? He, well, he, in October, I forget okay. the exact day, but he uh, was bishop of the Archdiocese of Santiago mm. de Cuba, where my family uh, grew up. And originally he's from Spain. Okay. Like my family. So... It's just a lot of cool things happening, Lori. Did you have a good summer? I did. It went by really quick. Yeah, I changed jobs, so that was huge. Yeah, did did uh, <laughs> we did talk about that? Okay, yes, yes, I'm yes. just I'm a little bit behind the eight ball here. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I should have had like an earpiece so I could hear what was going on. But uh, yes, God is very good to me. So. Cam, Father Chris is awesome. Yes, we discussed that as well. So he's going to love this podcast, uh, guys. Well, winner, you know, the next one we got to get you two on. Both, oh, both that'd of be you fun. Guys. Maybe and after the uh, wow, convocation. That be, yeah, that's a good idea. There you go. That would be, oh, I just, yeah, I just. Um, we kind of need mm. like a diocesan guide to convocations. Y'all should get on that because we got the priest convocation. We got the catechetical convocation. We got the joy of the gospel convocation. <laughs> People are going to get confused. They're like, what are you talking about? Which meeting? Yeah, the. So, what, what, Lori, what's your favorite season? Oh, probably spring. Spring is <laughs> nice. New life, starting to get warmer again. I, yes. I, you know, I kind of like, I, I like the fall and the spring. They're a little mm-hmm. moderate. Fall, it was really hot these past couple. It has been. So, um, it's been nice to have the cool air. You can feel the fall, the leaves. It's just the things to come like it's i'm true. looking Good forward to advent to forward to. yeah and all saints day yeah and thanksgiving it's gonna be wonderful so um Good luck with your ministry. This Thank was you. fun. Sorry Thank i couldn't have more time with you, yeah. but um i know i'll see you soon. Sounds and good. let us know what's going on in echo Absolutely. And keep us informed. And Mike, thank you so much. Um yeah, thanks for Feel having better, me on sir. again. Say many Happy prayers to, to say, say prayers for Mike and I and Lori. Thank you. If yes. you can. Um, thank you for your support, everybody. And we'll see you on Talking Saints or Talking Catholic. Have a great weekend.